first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT. And he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. We are coming to you after the Colts just defeated the Green Bay Packers 34-31 to in overtime. Guys, I don't know about you. I think you can probably tell from my voice and from my expression on my face, I am still jacked up. And it has been, what, almost 24 hours since the game uh, started, and I am still in shock and in awe and in just disbelief at what the Colts were able to pull off at Lucas Oil yesterday. Gosh, Cody, I mean, first impressions of this game, man, before we get into anything, must feel really good on our, on our Mondays to, you know, have a Colts win and win the way that they did. Yeah, I would say one of the biggest, if not the biggest wins in Frank Reich's coaching career with Indianapolis. Huge, huge, you know, back and forth, back and forth. You know, our emotions, thank goodness the Colts don't play on Thursday night. I don't think our hearts can take it, man. That was, oh, my goodness. You talk about, you know, highs and lows. Man, this was one of the greatest victories that the Colts have had. A game that we honestly thought, I feel like, you know, if the Colts don't win this, it's okay. But they did. And they they won it in style going out in overtime and really should have won it in regular, you know, regulation time. We talked about this. It wasn't for – Pretty horrible clock management, pretty horrible penalties, all that stuff, which we'll get into. But as a whole, man, great victory for the Colts. I mean, this is as great of a victory as you can you can think of. And, you know, this is one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFC, that you've just now beaten. You know, this is yeah. a great measuring stick for going forward. Exactly. You know, we said, you know, in this gauntlet of games, you know, so far they had played some teams that were pre- pretty mediocre to, to below average. But now you're playing a team, man, that people would consider Super Bowl contenders. Yes. And this is huge gauging forward for where you can be, the type of team that you can be moving forward in terms of contenders. Like, you know, we always thought the Colts had the potential to do that, but the Colts had never really lived up to that yet. And just to see what they did um, at home, down 14 at one point, to come back the way they did, the way the defense played in the second half, Man, what a great victory this is. You're right. And you said in the gauntlet of games that the Colts are going to be facing here soon, you know, you got the Packers and the Titans multiple times. And, you know, the Raiders are going to come up soon who went toe-to-toe with Kansas City. And then you have the Steelers again. You know, everyone was like, well, how are the Colts going to measure up against teams like this? And so far, so good, you know, beating Tennessee for, uh, at their own place and then beating Green Bay. I mean, they're off to a really fantastic start. And team, they're finally getting a little bit of recognition. Not all the recognition they deserve, but some, which is fine. The, the national media can sleep on us all they want. But, Cody, I got to ask you here first, what, who was the player of the game for you? I know we're jumping right mm. into it, but – you know, there's a couple of names that get brought to mind here. And, you know, who's who's the guy that really stood out to you today? 
Man, oh, there's a lot of guys that I could throw into this category. How about Julian Blackman? He's my guy, man. Changing the trajectory of that game with that strip. I mean, that just changed everything in this overtime. Uh, so Julian Blackman, man, defensive rookie of the year. No question in my mind. We've been saying it all along. He's starting to get a little bit more recognition now. Because, like, did you think about that? He had to not only, you know, go through, uh, you know, he was being blocked by two guys. He had to get through that. Not only did that, but also forced a fumble. Like, this guy is a playmaker, man. And, oh, man, Julian Blackman for me. But there's a whole lot of other guys that we can get into. Yeah. You know, Michael Pittman having his first touchdown. How about that? Jonathan Taylor looking better, which we'll get into. Phillip Rivers, you know, looking great. Uh, beyond that one interception, which was a tip pass, wasn't really his fault. Uh, there's a lot of guys. But I'm going to point to Julian Blackman. He's been making plays all year, and he makes another one at a crucial point in time, man. Uh, just a playmaker in that secondary. What a steal in the third round. I'm going to say this as to why my argument for Julian Blackman for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And you said it. I totally agree. Defensive Rookie of the Year for you, absolutely. And I totally agree as well. I'm going to give you the reason why he deserves it. This is the only reason you need. It, that's it. it. It ruins the argument for every other player but him. So in the nine games that Julian Blackman has started and played, he has had three games where he has gotten the game ceiling turnover to win the game for Indianapolis. It was the first one in week four against the Chicago Bears. Had the game went ceiling interception where the Colts were able to get it with about seven seconds left. The Bears were traveling down the field to try and get a touchdown to score. Nick Foles overthrows the guy and Blackman's there to pick it off and win him the game. And correct me on the week here. I don't remember which week this was, but against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and the Bengals moving down the field really close to getting a touchdown to beat the Indianapolis Colts. And he jumps the route interception wins them the game. And then this week against green Bay, all odds against Indianapolis. When the green Bay Packers got that overtime toss and they got it and received it. You almost thought, I think 90% of people thought, okay, green Bay just won. Into mm -hmm. just one, just like that, because it's Aaron Rodgers. Right, it's Aaron yeah. Rodgers and this offense. This is what Aaron Rodgers is known for doing. He has 25 career uh, fourth quarter or overtime game winning drives. So this is what this man does. And to be able to, like you said, beat a double team, get his arm in there just enough to knock that ball free and give it to somebody else to win the game. This kid deserves every bit of recognition everywhere not to mention you had people saying the Colts drafted the wrong Utah safety and he's hurt so <laughs> he has shut every argument down there's not a single person that can tell you that Julian Blackman is not one of the not the best defensive rookie out there right now by far head over heels better than anyone no disrespect yeah. to my boy Chase Young I love me some Chase Young and he's played pretty well this season but he ain't affecting games the way Julian Blackman's no. been doing it. And no. to get back to the original question of who's the player of the game, I'll go with my second guy here, and we can kind of do this if you want to as well. My second guy here is Jonathan Taylor. And, yeah. I mean, Tom Grossi said it in our preview that w what, are, what are the Colts going to be able to do in the run game? Because 
he said the Green Bay Packers are not very good at stopping the run. And we've seen that multiple times this year. And the Colts were able to take advantage of it today. This was the second best rushing day of the whole season. And it was since week two against Minnesota when Jonathan Taylor had his first 100-yard rushing game. And, I mean, he could have had 150 today if it wasn't for the numerous amounts of holding calls that were called back on the runs that he had, especially in that fourth quarter where he broke that one run for a a touchdown that was called back. I mean, this guy was on a mission, and he really showed a lot of confidence, a lot of decisiveness, and just looked like a guy that finally just said, enough is enough. I'm just going to do what I need to do when he did it. And it it altered the fabric of the game because it kept the Colts from getting too one-dimensional. And that was so huge throughout the entirety of this game. I mean, the Colts did a really good job of the offense, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, of not getting away from the run. And that was great that they were able to continue to do that in the second half. But the guy to me that is the player of the game, and I know it's cliche because it's the position that gets it most of the time, but it has to be Phillip Rivers for me. It has to be. I mean, he was consistent. He had a couple of bad throws, a couple of throws that were batted at the line of scrimmage, one of which ended up for an interception, unfortunately. But to go 65% completion percentage against a good secondary in, in Green Bay, to have three touchdowns, and even when he was hurt, to come back out there and play and just not really care. Just said, I am going to finish this game out regardless of how much my foot hurts. And not to mention the shot he took to the ribs and mm-hmm. the and willingness to put his body on the line against Darius Smith on a run earlier later in the game. I mean, this guy showed a lot of heart. He showed a lot of passion. And he looked good again. I mean, I don't know, Cody, we keep saying it every week. This offense just keeps getting better and better and Rivers just looks more and more comfortable back there. So that's Mm -hmm. why he's my player of the game. Yeah. And they did that without their starting right tackle, Braden Smith, who we mentioned kind of a a game time decision to not play. And so you rotate between LaRaven Clark and Chaz Green and that's never good. When, uh, you know, Raven Clark gets benched and then Chad Green comes in, he gets benched and the Raven, then Chad Green goes back in in the second half. It was just, you know, you know, the Raven Clark has a holding penalty on the first play. Like that tells you everything you need to know about the awful situation at offensive tackle uh, without Braden Smith. And Braden Smith's so underrated, man. We talk all the time about Grover Stewart being an underrated player and he's getting more recognition. Now, Braden Smith is an underrated player, in my opinion, that Absolutely. needs more recognition because we saw life without Braden Smith. It's not very pretty. Um, so, but yeah, you're right. This offense ha- looked fantastic. They really did. It looked fantastic. Phillip Rivers has been really, really good the last few games, especially. I mean, you, you talk about the two interceptions he's had. Neither of them, I would say, were, you know, the first one was that interception, that kind of bogus interception against the Ravens. And then obviously the one that was tipped to the line. I really don't fault Phillip Rivers for either of those. Um, you know, the throw wasn't great against the Ravens, but that really shouldn't have been an interception. But Rivers has done a great job, I think, efficiency-wise, taking care of the ball. Uh, and, you know, he's gotten these Colts receivers looking a little bit more efficient. And, you know, nobody stands out. I mean, I guess Pittman had his first touchdown, had about 60 yards. But 
it's not like any of these guys are, are doing, you know, 100-plus yards game in and game out. Rivers does such a great job of spreading the ball around, and that's just great. That's so great to see him. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor had 90 yards on 22 attempts. Really should have had over 100 yards easily in this game. Yeah. You know, you said that this was, at least statistically, this was the second best game. I would argue this was his best game as a pro. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah. Because he did, he did some work also, you know, in the pass catching department as well. So um, you got to factor that in too. He, he's always just, yeah, he, he's great. Jonathan Taylor, great to see him getting more confidence, more confident in himself, looking more like that Wisconsin running back that we saw was so dominant for so many years. Um, and I just loved what I've seen from him just catching the football. I really think that he's done a great job. He had four catches um, against the Packers. So he added a little bit there. Just getting the ball in his hands. Um, he's just such a playmaker. And you see what the Colts saw when they traded up to get him. I was actually, funny enough, looking back at our uh, – I guess it was Andrew and myself looking at our, our reaction to Jonathan Taylor being selected and just pray, throwing all the high praises out towards him. Um, for what he did at Wisconsin. And I was just like, man, I, you start to see that now. It's starting to come into fruition. And it's certainly great to see. And this is a big reason, Derek, why we are so much higher on this team. When they were 5-2 and two this year compared to 5-2 and two last year, I mean, at this point in time, the Colts were losing to teams like the Dolphins, who were not a good football team last year. Don't remind um, me of that one. I was yeah, we were at that. We were there. there. Yeah, that's <laughs> That was miserable. But um, now you start to see what? Some of these young players are starting to come into their own a little bit. They're starting to play well. I mean, I posted a tweet earlier today, Derek. The Colts were led by their rookies in this game. I mean, Michael Pittman led the team in receiving. Jonathan Taylor led the team in rushing. Uh, DeMichael Harris even looked pretty good. I didn't include him in my tweet. Uh, you know, Julian Blackman forced the fumble. Rodrigo Blankenship makes the game-winning field goal, comes back from a miss for 50-plus, and makes all his field goals. So these Colts rookies, man, uh, whether they were drafted or not, they have all made an impact. I mean, we know how historic that 2018 draft class was. And I don't think anybody can ever come close to that. But this 2020 draft class is really, really good, man. Ballard in his even years of drafting, these guys have come in and made an impact. And it's been great to see. So great to see, especially Taylor. He's been the one where like, I don't know how we feel about it. You mean right Trent now. Richardson 2.0? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, all the horrible takes. I hate all of you who said that. All of you. If you <laughs> said that, takes. oh, freezing cold takes. And, and, and uh, I'm one of those. And Rocky Sin being Quincy Wilson 2.0. Say what you want about Rocky. He had an up and down game. He had two of the four turnovers. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he still definitely got room to improve, and I think he definitely Of course, he's a, second so. year, he's a second-year corner that lacks the top speed of other wide receivers. I mean, you know, he's going to have his fair share of stuff, but, I mean, nobody can sit here and say Rocky Sin did not improve from what we saw in 2019 to what we're seeing this year. He has yeah. clearly improved. Yeah, and, you know, corners, it's just the life of a corner, I feel like. You have up games, you have down yeah. games, you have good plays, you have bad plays. Um, not everybody's going to be freaking Xavier Rhodes this year. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah, they tried to but, stay away from Xavier in this game, which is, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, he did a really good job. I don't think I really recall anybody making a catch on Xavier Rose. Really uh, De Devontae had like one or two across the middle, but it wasn't like it wasn't anything crazy. So right, right, know, like Xavier nobody didn't exposed give up any of the one. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Right, right. Well, I guess um, we can just Derek get into this game a little bit more um, from the Colts' offensive standpoint. We talked about it a little bit, but uh, 
Yeah, overall, I was impressed. And, you know, one thing that we failed to mention a couple weeks ago uh, was that Jacoby Brissett sneak for the touchdown a few weeks ago uh, against, I think it was against the Titans, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was against the Titans. Yep. So, so we'll talk about Jacoby Brissett right now. His quarterback sneak that he needed like a yard, he got like eight yeah. <laughs> on that sneak. Uh, that was a key play to me, that, you know, just establishing the dominance and getting this team fired up. I thought that was a great, great job um, by Frank Reich and company. He had a couple of nice fourth down conversions that I really thought were good for this team and gave this offense more confidence. Uh, what were your takes on on those those couple conversions the Colts had? Yeah, I mean, the Colts, again, their mindset, Frank Reich's mindset of, I have confidence in this offensive line to be able to do things that other offensive lines just can't. And whether your decision is Jacoby Brissett taking a, a RPO option or a QB sneak with him or deciding on a fourth and four to go for the slant route with Naheem Hines on the side, whatever you decide, he says, I have confidence. I know my team's going to do it. And I don't know. I don't remember how they did on fourth downs in that game. I'm quite positive. They converted on all of them. So, I mean, again, this team's mindset is just built different. Frank Reich just has them believing in themselves. And, you know, I mean, besides the one RPO that Jacoby Brissett failed to keep the ball on, on that third and three and gave it to Taylor and he got like one yard. I mean, that was the worst, that was the worst run of the day, you know, for a bunch of reasons, but yeah, I mean, I loved I love that they got Jacoby Brissett involved a little bit. It actually did kind of throw the defense off a little bit because you're right. A couple of times, the defensive ends, they held up. When Jacoby Brissett first started coming in, the first couple ones, he said, yeah, the defensive ends aren't crashing. So Jonathan Taylor's got that free lane to do whatever he wants. And then when they finally bit, he got just enough for a first down. And I like it. It keeps, it keeps the team honest and you know, it's, situations like that that obviously Jacoby Brissett is a little bit better at than with Phillip Rivers I did find it hilarious that people were like why aren't we just keeping Jacoby Brissett in there to throw like uh mainly maybe because he's not the better throwing quarterback but I mean <laughs> yeah. you know I mean people forget that apparently but yeah <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed seeing this team convert the way they did and you saw it last week against the Titans. Even though we got stuffed on a couple of them, the Colts said we are much more confident in short field situations to just go for it than either go for a long kick or go for a short punt. We are totally confident we can destroy you and dominate you up front, and we're going to do this. And I love that because that wears the team down because when you can't get a fourth down uh, stop, that mentally and psychologically just messes a defense up. It really does. And I love it. I mean, Jacoby Brissett did a really good job in that game and with the opportunities that he had. And, you know, the scheming of that was pretty good. So I really liked what I saw. Yeah. To answer your question on fourth down efficiency, the Colts went for it twice. They made it twice. So they are perfect there. Six of 16 on third down. You'd like that to maybe go up a little bit yeah. more. That's not great. Um, but I think here's some, some key things for me. The Colts ran 74 plays. The Packers ran 57 plays. So the Colts ran a lot more plays than the Packers. The Colts also won the time of possession game by about eight minutes. So, yeah. you know, the Packers had it for 27-49. The Colts had it for a little over 35 minutes. So, 
and um, you can take credit for the third quarter being the reason for Yes, that. and that is a huge thing. That third quarter was huge for the Colts. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago against Baltimore, the Colts had one yard in the third quarter. And, like, now, and then the Packers literally had 15 yards in that third quarter. The Colts dominated the second half. Man, this is the fourth game this season. This Colts defense, talk about an elite defense. Fourth game, they've allowed, they haven't allowed a touchdown in the second half. That is astronomical, especially considering the quarterback that you are playing against. That shout out, best, hats yeah, off to that defense. Best defense, man. best defense in the in the NFL, and it's not even close. Oh yeah. In that second half, Aaron Rodgers was one of six on third and fourth down uh, convert on third and fourth down plays. One of six. You are not going to win games and keep leads that way if in the second half you're only able to convert one third down and to do that to Aaron Rodgers of all people like for real that is so difficult coming into this game Aaron Rodgers was the most effective quarterback in the NFL he had a 116.7 passer rating I mean this guy is on fire this guy's about to potentially be the MVP of the season and in the first half Got almost anything he wanted. Second half, switch turned on, and there was nothing after that. I mean, I mean, shout out to the offense too, because the offense was able to stay on the field so long that it kept the defense fresh. I mean, when the first drive went for seven minutes, um, or for six minutes, and then the second drive that the Colts had was another seven minutes. So when you're keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field. 13 minutes of a 15 minute quarter you're doing a really good job and you're going to keep yourself in the game when you're keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field and when your defense can make those quick stops it again it showed that this Colts defense is elite there is no Mm -hmm. fluke about it there's no there's no oh well they play bad teams no that that's that talk is over it's done I don't care if the Packers scored 31. They had 28 in the first in the first half, two of those coming off of the turnovers due to the fact that they had short field. And then in the second half, gave up three points. Three. And that came off of the last few seconds of the fourth quarter after a, a Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary that only he can make. I mean, that's a thing that Aaron Rodgers has been doing his entire career, just somehow finds the guy to hit on the uh on the out route for 50 yards. I mean, that's what Aaron Rodgers does. But this defense to just be able to shut them down. And, you know, the pressure got better too in the second half. They did a much better job of making him uncomfortable on a couple of the throws he wanted to make. Like, for instance, the fourth and one that they didn't convert, Grover Stewart was in his face after two seconds. It was only a two-man route, so they had to... He had to get it out quick, and he couldn't. And that Devontae Adams throw to try and get them the touchdown to win them the game. See, if Aaron Rodgers had one more second, he would have looked to his right, saw a wide open tight end. It was game over. Colts will lose. But just here comes Justin Houston off the edge, creates enough space to where Rodgers has to throw it off his back foot and can't make that last read and he throws it out of bounds in the back of the end zone. I mean, again, the pressure yesterday in the second half really started to turn up. Even Darius Leonard was getting involved in it. So Mm -hmm. this defense, my God, dude. I mean, this 
I, I, I wish that I could be uh, like part of this organization to be with this defense. Cause I mean, my goodness, they, they bring me so much joy. <laughs> I know in the second yeah. half now, I know in the second half now they're going to do this because I, I've said, this is kind of like the Ohio state thing where my, my family and I have this firm belief that the, that the Buckeyes are the best second half team ever, because over the last 15 years, you know, this has been a habit for the Buckeyes where, you know, you play the first half, you get a feel for the game, and then you make the adjustments at halftime. You come out, you look much sharper in the second half, and then you play like it. I mean, this Colts team, like you said, four or five times this year, this Colts defense has shut teams out in the second half. I mean, and that's, and yesterday's game was no exception. Mm-hmm. And they did it against the best, probably the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. So, yeah. I mean, my Lord. Yeah, and that's not even counting some of the garbage time touchdowns that a few of these teams got. Like, the Vikings got one with Dalvin Cook in the you know, fourth quarter. The Bears got one with Allen Robinson. So, like, it made the games look a little bit closer than they were. But, yeah, this Colts defense is legit. And, you know, coming into the game, the Packers had the turned over the ball five times the entire season. The Colts got four turnovers in this game. So, the Colts are responsible for about 44% of all the Packers' turnovers in this whole 2020 season. Incredible. Incredible, incredible job. That is an incredible yeah. stat. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, that crazy? That is. That it's is crazy wild. to find out that your team in one game is responsible for half a team's turnovers. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, man, this I mean, defense. This defense, incredible. Like we said, I mean, Julian Blackman being the way he is, corners stepping up in plays they needed to, Defensive line, again, keeping Aaron Jones from making a lot of big plays. I mean, obviously, they were able to run the ball effectively, but they didn't really run it for a lot of time. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was – I mean, the game plan for them was to come in and attack our uh, secondary. And it worked at times. Other times it didn't. And But, I mean, we have to give love to Hot Rod, too. I mean, my Lord, this guy – I mean, to come in after – pooching that kick, that first kick and missing it for 50 yards. Like, I'm not saying this kid can't kick a 50 yarder. I know he can. He just left it short because he was more focused on just trying to get it straight and not like power. I, I understand that. But then to come in after that, you know, kick a 37 yarder, then a 32 yarder, then a 43 yarder. And then the 40, uh, I think it was a 40 yarder to win the game. I mean, you know, it, it takes a lot after, you know, saying, man, I really messed up in the first half and to come back and be able to do what he did. I mean, it, it's incredible. I mean, his kicks are a thing of beauty. There is virtually no, there is virtually no change of direction on his ball ever. I mean, it's incredible how straight this kid is with his kicks. It's phenomenal. Yeah, shout out to him, man. I mean, rookie kicker coming in, you miss a field goal. I feel like every time he misses a field goal, he's only missed a couple this year, but every time he does, he comes back and he makes the next couple. Yep. Like, he's got nerves to steal, man, and that's what you need. Like, we saw with Vinatieri last year. He got in his own head a lot of times. He'd miss one, he'd miss two. It's just like, no, we can't have that. But the thing I love with Hot Rod is, like, when he misses one, he comes back. And he, he never, you know, it's like next play type of mentality. And I love that from him. That's what you need from your kicker. It's weird for me. I, I always forget that this guy is a rookie. Similar to Julian Blackman, like you're like, these, these guys are rookies. Like they're playing out of their minds right now. 
And uh, yeah, shout out to him. Did a great job. Uh, you know, Rigo Sanchez did a great job too. The thing I love about what he's done, and I've said it before here, Derek, is on his kickoffs, he rarely kicks it into the end zone. He kicks it to like the three-yard line, and guys are forced to take it out. We saw the Packers be pinned down a lot of times, in, you know, within the 20-yard line, yep. and that's just a shout-out to him. He does a great job there. Yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, no. it resulted in a, in a fumble. I mean, the right. Colts got a turnover off of one of them. So, like, you know, the Colts really – their return game in, in, total, in totality is really, really good. I mean, they have not given up a lot of big returns this year. You're right. Sanchez is really good at, you know, making them have to return it from, like, the one or two-yard line. I mean, dude, he almost had that one kick that landed – just on the white mark he was this close to pinning the green bay packers inside their own five yard line on mm. a kickoff with yeah. it was this close <laughs> if it just didn't hit that white line he would have pinned them inside the five yard line and then they would have had to have gone 96 yards for a td yeah 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 incredible and, as that is incredible and cassius marsh too a guy that's been on, on and off the practice squad on and off the roster uh, he came in, he played some defensive snaps, but he also forced that fumble on that kickoff return he talked about. Yep. Really helped change this game. So, like, those things matter, man. Special, special teams, teams matter. Special teams. All freaking – all the freaking time. We talked about it with Tom Gracia. It's like, you know, the Colts know a thing or two that special teams can really alter a game. Mm. It, it really did help alter the game. Get a fumble at – the 30-yard line to get uh, another score there. And then, obviously, Blankenship and the way that he was able to kick all those field goals of as of late. And, you know, Sanchez with the, some of the great punts, pinning Green Bay inside their own 15-yard line several times in that second half, which put, you know, which put them in really bad spots. So, you know, it, it, it was really good job, again, by all three facets of – the uh, Colts today or the other day it, it's offense figuring it out still you know Pittman getting his first touchdown which is amazing uh really happy for him and then the defense turning it on in the second half they really did make adjustments and they really figured out what they needed to do and then special teams again being solid and forcing turnovers I mean what more can you say right and this comes at not a better time right like the Titans came and they beat Baltimore. They came roaring back and, you know, it was disappointed. Baltimore, you suck. Shout out to Baltimore. You guys are awful. And Joe Nubo, I hate you guys. Um, <laughs> you should have taken care of business like you it had Tennessee have, down. Man. But it doesn't matter. We'll just go and, and face Tennessee again and we'll beat them at home. I mean, that's, that's the and next schedule, next game. And that's the funny part, too, is that, you know, I'm a big believer of the idea that after a team wins a – miracle game which this certainly was this was certainly a miracle game for us it's hard to think of the team winning the next game because you know your emotions were so high after that week that it just feels like your performance will tap down because the energy will be lower but I can't say that this week because for two reasons one it's a divisional opponent again you're gonna have Tennessee the Colts understand how important this game is again for them and second off Tennessee just had one of those themselves they had an overtime win with with the Baltimore Ravens that was that one certainly was mentally uh totaling on them as well so 
I mean, it's not going to be like that for the Colts this week. So, you know, in a way, thankfully, the, even though the Titans won, at least the Ravens made them like really work for it. Because if that was an easy win for them, then this mm-hmm. this week's game might actually be a little bit different. And the Titans got to have some injuries in that game too. Like Jayon Brown's a big one that he went out of that game. I think the backup left tackle who was uh, replacing Taylor Luan went out. Um, so they got some injuries that are going to be worth monitoring. I know AJ Brown got a little banged up at the end and of that game Jadavian too. Jadavian Clowney placed on IR before yeah. the game too. And John Smith too. Um, he also got banged up. So those are all worth monitoring for this huge game, man. Like, it's great. I mean, it's great. The both teams are seven and three. The Colts obviously right now lead with that victory over Tennessee, but this is a huge game, man. This is a big game. These last three weeks have been huge for the Colts and they've, they've stood the test, man. They've done it. Um, and that's incredible. Um, I loved what I've seen. And if the Colts can get their running game going like they had the last couple weeks, man, this sky's the limit for this offense. The pass attack, like you mentioned, is finding its own a little bit. If this running game can continue to do what it did last, you know, this past week, man, uh, this, this team could really make a playoff push. They really could. They could yeah. do some damage in the AFC playoffs. I really believe it. And it's crazy, too, because, like, again, like you said, Braden Smith at last second was not playing in this game. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were still able to run the ball effectively to the right side in the middle of the line as well despite everything that was bad about the offensive line this game, that they were still able to run the ball so effectively. So, you know, we assume Braden Smith is going to be back this next week because, you know, Frank Reich said he was supposed to be ready for this game, but then said, oh, yeah, no, he's not. So, yeah, I don't know what, what is up with that thumb, but apparently maybe they just need a little bit more time for the stitches to heal. But mm. – I expect Braden Smith to come back in this next game and play. So at least we'll get our offensive line back. And like, I mean, we were able to run the ball for 140 yards against Tennessee last week or two weeks ago. I can only imagine, you know, with how, how many defensive linemen they have out, I can only imagine us trying to go for 200 in this next game. That would be, that would be crazy. <laughs> I think the Colts really boo- have boosted themselves, right? They were like one of the worst teams at running the football. I just checked a little bit ago. They're 19th right now. So yeah, they're 19th. still, they're, they're, they're getting close to being, you know, an above average running team, which is great. I mean, considering how bad they were, like this is very positive news moving forward. I, I guess one thing I would like to see Derek in this next game it's just come on offensive line. Like that was ridiculous. That you know, was just bad. being more aware in that situation. Your defense has forced the Packers to turn the ball over. You should, in theory, go down and, and really ice that game. And if you want to beat Tennessee, you've already done it once. You can't do stupid things like that. You know, yeah. and you can't fumble the ball. Like Mo Ali Cox fumbles the ball. Like, there's just dumb, dumb stuff that you did in this game. So, honestly, when the Colts were, you know, tied that game or they were down by three, I was like, how are they in this game at this point? How are they? Yeah. Yeah. Really is. So, you know, there's a lot of things where the Colts just shot themselves in the foot a lot of times in this game. And I think it speaks volumes, Derek, to just how good this team can still be despite shooting themselves in the foot and doing dumb things like that. Because, really, you mentioned that Jonathan Taylor had a touchdown. That game could have been – you know, not as close as it was. Um, didn't have to go to overtime, but that was incredible and insane, the amount of holding penalties. Every play, it seemed like. It was just like holding, holding, holding. And uh, they have to clean that up, man, because there was some holding penalties. They were pretty blatant and obvious sometimes. So, uh, 
you know, offensive line, he did great at running the football, protecting the quarterback, but you got to clean those up. Be more situationally aware. I mean, really, like that, that's what it comes down to. Just be smart. Play smart football. Don't that, I, I honestly think, like, my friend was texting me. He said, man, the Colts are making this a lot harder than it should be. And I'm like, I agree. They really are. So, uh, Colts, you're good. You're a good football team. You've proven it now. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Play good football like you know you can. I think that's the big thing. But uh, I'm really encouraged by the progress of this offensive line the last couple of weeks. They've looked really, yeah. really good. So, I'm hoping that continues to rise as the Colts push for the AFC South crown as they potentially right now they sit at the number three seed, you know, Buffalo or number four seed, I should say Buffalo is at the number three seed. I believe they have the same record right now. So if Buffalo drops any game, the Colts could easily be a number three. It's hard for me to say the Colts are going to get a top two seed because I mean, Pittsburgh's undefeated and Kansas City's lost one game this whole season. So uh, that is something worth monitoring. But right now the Colts sit really good. Um, This ASC is a really good division so far. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the Colts. Can they handle business against the Titans again? Second time um, in in three weeks. Uh, This is a huge game, Derek. It really is a big game, and I'm really looking forward to it. Even bigger than the last one, I would say. And uh, just one more thing before we head out here. Uh, Head coach Frank Reich on Phillip Rivers, they were talking about some of the injuries today. Uh, Said he was pretty sore today. Said that we'll see how the week goes. So that's something to monitor there. Obviously sore from the rib shot that he took in that foot. So I'd imagine he's probably yeah. going to be off his foot, uh, off his feet quite a bit this week. Uh, we'll have to see how that affects him uh, physically and mentally going into this next game. I mean, at least the great news is that with your opponent, since you just faced them, you know, two weeks ago, it helps that you faced them so shortly ago because the fresh reminder of everything that happened in that game is still there. So there's a lot less mental reps to have to take to worry about. So that's good. Other yeah. injury updates. Anthony Walker is believed to be fine. And Braden Smith is hopeful for Sunday. Yeah. And I, you know, just on the Philip Rivers things real fast, like on his press conference yesterday, he brushed it off. He really acted like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Um, just act like the, the foot was really the big toe. I believe he said was, was the big thing. So, um, honestly, I think he'll play. I mean, he came back into that game, which is good. The, the adrenaline was kicking in. You know it was. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. even there's what, some of those things were like, yeah, it hurts at times, but, like, that adrenaline's pumping so hard. Like, it's it's after – when you try to fall asleep that night, that's when that stuff starts really kicking in. Yeah. So, that'll be something worth monitoring. But yeah. the good news is no significant injuries from this game, which is great for – moving forward. Hopefully, you know, Danico Autry, I would think he'd miss this game because of the COVID stuff, but uh, Kamoka Torrey only got 10 snaps. So um, I'd like to see his snaps continue to increase and maybe kind of fill the void a little bit there, but uh, yeah, great victory, somebody, Derek. Somebody made the joke about how, you know, I think I made this cause I think Joe Buck mentioned it, how, you know, that toe or that foot kind of limits Philip Rivers mobility. I said, what mobility exactly that's what <laughs> i'm thinking i'm like what mobility? He doesn't, need it. doesn't leave the pocket what do you mean <laughs> like i mean even with a bad toe i would imagine he probably still play i think he would what you just wrap that uh two toes up and you just like you know you'd still hobble around out there i would think that's how you would play right yeah i mean if any quarterback you know, if you talk about any quarterback's mobility, Philip Rivers is probably the last one. Yeah, probably the there, last so. one that you want to mention about QB mobility. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah no man, doubt. but like you said, just a phenomenal win. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this. Let us know what you thought of the game, and we'll be sure to get some more stuff up for you. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed some of the reaction videos we put up recently. Mm. Be sure to check those out and check out the live stream for some more fun stuff. If you guys didn't watch that, that was a lot of fun. So thank you guys again so much, and as always, go Colts. Yeah.